What's going on designers and decorators? I'm going to talk to you guys today about accountability. And that's a big word. <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of string attached to the word accountability. We're going to talk and kind of dissect this a little bit more and I'm going to share a few stories with you, maybe one or two stories with you. Um, and really share about how I faced a big challenge with accountability and what it even means to me. Um, and kind of dig deep into the different layers of accountability for not only yourself, but your team. As an interior designer specializing in luxury kitchen and bath design when I was actively designing, I've had my fair share of challenges. I think a lot of you who have been with me since day one on this podcast know that I've had a lot of challenges that I've been open about. And one of the most significant obstacles I've faced is accountability. Being accountable is utterly critical for the success of both yourself and your team. So I wanted to share a story with you about a project that helped me learn the valuable lessons of what accountability even means. So a few years back when working on a really big kitchen renovation, it was probably one of my biggest, the clients had really insane expectations. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to the fact that clients may have a little bit of weird expectations compared to what your expectations are as a designer. And we were really excited to deliver. But we faced several setbacks. Deadlines were missed. Miscommunication happened between myself and the GC, the GC and the client, the client and her husband. And the project was literally on the verge of failure. So it was kind of a wake-up call for me, and I realized that in order to make this project successful and in order to make it really in this competitive industry, I needed to improve my accountability and ensure that my team was on the same page. So what I did was a pretty crazy thing in my mind because I coming remind you, coming from someone who is not at that time in my life, I wasn't accountable for really anything. First, we focused on resetting clear expectations to the client. I started having uh, sit-downs with my team, uh, the GC, the electrician, the plumber, and I started discussing the project goals, the project deadlines, and really having those meetings on a weekly basis. We reviewed everything that happened in the week prior. We reviewed what our plans are for the following week and really just had that face time with the team to ensure that I was on top of the project and that I understood everything that was happening on the project. And that alone, regardless of whatever else I talk about further in this podcast, that alone really, really changed the trajectory of this project. This ensured also that everyone knew what was expected of them and allowed us to track our progress more efficiently because everyone was on the same page. And that's the key component there. Everyone on the same page, those five words. Next, we introduced a project management system. At the time, I was still using folders. So what I wound up doing was I started creating copies of my folders. So I went from having one folder on one project site to then multiple copies. I gave one to every single trade. And it was a lot easier for me to make copies of things versus you know keeping track of the notes and stuff like that. I just copied it. If any time that there was a note update, I would copy that, bring it to the project site. Now we have Indima, of course. You have other tools like Studio Designer. You have Notion. You have ClickUp. You have a lot of other tools out there at your disposal to help you get yourself focused with your team all on the same page. So definitely utilize those project management tools 
because even though it's technology and some of you may be kind of like shy from technology, it really does help. It does help getting everyone on the same page. But this also allowed us to identify the bottlenecks and problem areas and address them almost immediately. There wasn't a situation of like something happening and then a week later, you know, in passing, it was, you know, mentioned by the client and then, you know, now there's an emergency meeting and so on and so forth. Another important step was to have regular check-ins. As I mentioned before, we had weekly check-ins, weekly meetings where everyone would update the team on their progress, discuss any issues, brainstorm solutions. This not only kept everyone accountable, but also forecasted um, you know, what would be happening in the next coming weeks. And it also fostered a sense of you know, support and community uh, as as a team, even though we're all separate companies, your GC runs their own separate company, you run your own separate, having those meetings really make it seem like you're a full-fledged team that's on the same page, ready to tackle any issues. And that also prevents your GC from going to your client and being like, hey, I can't get a hold of such and such. How do we handle this? And now that's news to your client. The client's going to you because they're upset that you didn't know about this and didn't catch it. So having those meetings and, you know, um, those setting those goals really, really help that accountability. So let's talk about some strategies that can help you improve accountability for both yourself and the team that you work with. So set SMART goals when you set specific, measurable, achievable, and relevant and time-bound goals. That's what SMART stands for. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound goals. You're most likely to stay on top of everything and hold yourself to a specific standard and hold yourself accountable and your team accountable. Share those goals with your team. Share them with yourself, obviously. Review them. Look at them. Readjust them if you need to. And discuss how each person's efforts contribute to achieving those objectives. Just write down the word SMART and each under each word, you know, like specific, write down each person, write down those goals, write down, you know, everything that you need and just get it on paper. Next, de- delegate effectively. I can't tell you how helpful that is too because you're just one person, right? And you have a team, you have your GC, they have their own team. So delegate as effectively as you can. As a leader, it's critical to recognize your team's strengths and their weaknesses. So delegating tasks according to that will help you manage your workload and ensure everyone's held accountable for their responsibilities. And if something falls through, you know exactly who to go to and who to talk to. It's as simple as that. Next, encourage open communication. So as, as simple as this may sound, it's also really difficult because you don't want to communicate in such a negative way that causes hostility. I've been with many, many GCs in the past that I've communicated in such a way where they thought that I was being very blunt. And I think everyone here knows me by now. I've been told straight up, like, Tim, you are, you're a blunt person. You know, like, you're, you're not approachable. Um, you know, just if you met me out in public, you would see that I'm a very, I'm a straight faced person, right? I'm not, I'm not approachable. Um, you know, so setting sort of those standards for communication and, and leaving yourself open to those communication strategies and allowing your team to know that if there is a problem, they can come to you. I think that's, that's just as good and just as important as every other strategy in this whole entire episode. Fostering a, a culture where team members feel comfortable, like, you know, discussing challenges and even just seeking help by promoting transparency, you'll create a supportive environment that emphasizes accountability and problem solving collectively as a team 
and it'll allow you all to get on the same page and know that you are there as a team and a collaborative, constructive, you know, ecosystem for your client at the end of the day. So the project is really successful. Strategy four, and we have one more after this. So strategy four is providing constructive feedback. So one thing I learned when I worked at Apple was fearless feedback. And fearless feedback doesn't mean going to someone and being like, yo, your work fucking sucks. Fearless feedback means you go to that person and say, hey, do you have a moment to talk about you know, the, the project? Yeah, sure. I noticed that you did things a certain way, and I would like to know your thought pattern on that because I'm wondering if there is a way that we can, you know, not necessarily change it, but if there's a way that we can get that information to the client in a more direct way or in a different way to then foster a specific outcome that we're looking for, you know, as a team. Restructuring your sentence, maybe that's a bad example, but restructuring your sentence and your thought pattern on how you're approaching uh, that situation and providing that feedback, that is also critical to the success of a project. Regular feedback also helps your team stay on track. It can also help you identify areas where you need to improve and give praise when it's due and don't shy away from offering suggestions for improvement but in the right professional way that's key i'm i'm very like i'm okay on my team level i'm very like we're a team right let's talk about how we can look at different ways to do this but when i'm providing feedback in a different environment let's say on the job site i'm a, i'm a bit different i'm i approach it in more of a blunt way and i've learned you know just based on uh, what I've done in the past is, you know, you really have to harness that uh, collaborative community focus uh, and that team focus, not not make it seem like you're such a boss in a sense, even though you're you are a boss, babe, I'm sure um, you want to make sure that your team knows that they can, you know, that they can come to you with that feedback. Strategy five is celebrating success. I cannot emphasize this enough that celebrating successes goes like a long way you know providing constructive feedbacks brings you to you know mile five celebrating successes brings you to mile 10. it it is recognizing and rewarding your team's achievements both big and small and it's not only like because you boost their morale but also it reinforces the importance of accountability it's saying hey john great job out there you know here is a 25 dollars gift i'm not saying it always has to be monetary but 25 dollars gift certificate to starbucks because you notice that john likes to go to starbucks all the time not only is that important to celebrate the successes it also helps the team realize that you're recognizing those successes and not just berating them for their failures when you're dealing with construction a lot of things can go wrong and if you're the type like I was, where you're always pointing out the flaws or pointing out things that need to be done, and you're not recognizing those successes, every single time you walk through that door of that project, your team, whenever you leave, they give the sigh of relief that you're gone, that you're out of there, that you're not going to be pointing out and blue taping every little nook and cranny. All of these strategies collectively are ways that you guys can harness that accountability and become a stronger team collectively. So a few months ago, I also um, did one more project for an old client. And even despite knowing all of these accountability strategies, I still, you know, I'm not perfect, right? 
we ran into a problem with this particular project and I no longer actively design. So this is a client that I've taken on before. I've known her for years. She refuses to let me go. So I was like, yeah, let's do your bedroom. You know, and luckily the bedroom is like the last thing that we have to do in her house. I'm like, sure, let's just do it. Let's get it done so I can finally stop designing. <laughs> so we approached this project, you know, with a renewed focus on accountability from, you know, a couple of years ago when I started focusing on that. And I did apply the strategies that I shared earlier. I started, I set those SMART goals for this project. I ensured that our objectives were clear and achievable. I then delegated tasks based on each team member's strengths, empowering everyone to take ownership of their responsibilities. And I also emphasized open communication throughout the project and had those meetings, those weekly check-ins and fostering the environment where everyone felt comfortable discussing challenges and seeking help. And when those challenges came on this project and when they when they showed their se- themselves, I, I immediately shifted into this accountability strategy and implemented those. And the regular feedback played a significant role in keeping the team on track. And we made sure to celebrate milestones and successes along the way. And the project was the most flawless project, despite setbacks, because of obviously there's, you know, Uh, still delivery issues and all that stuff from COVID. But despite all of that, all of these like strategies for the accountability, the feedback, the communication, the celebrating successes, those delays really didn't matter to the client. It was a situation of like, okay, great, they're delays. Now let's just get the project done. Let's move forward. So thanks to the improved accountability and focusing on that, we were not only able to meet the deadlines, um, there were small delays here and there, but we also exceeded my client's expectations. And she even said, I wish you were still designing because this project was way different than, you know, the bathroom we did a year and a half ago. The, The client was very happy. The team's morale was phenomenal. Um, I was requested to go back into design even though I politely declined, but this experience taught us the importance of accountability in the world of luxury designing. Not even luxury design, just in design in general. By setting clear expectations, delegating effectively, fostering open communication, providing constructive feedback and celebrating successes, I was able to turn my client around at the last possible minute knowing that she may not hire me in the future because I'm no longer designing. But just that experience alone reset a lot of the things that I didn't do back when I had other projects with her. So as we wrap up today's talk about accountability, I hope that my journey and the strategies that we've discussed can inspire you to improve accountability in your own firm um, and with your own team uh, collectively as a team. Uh, And remember, accountability is a continuous process. It's It's not just, you know, doing it once. You have to do it for every single project and you have to set in those strategies for every single project and you have to really hone in on them uh, on every single project, no matter how big or small it is. But thank you for joining me today on talking about accountability. If you have any questions or stories you want to share, please feel free to email me. Email me directly at timothyadendema.co just because the new website's not up yet. But I'm uh, super approachable. Just email me. Let me know what's on your mind. I'd be glad to help. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm so excited to restart this podcast. If you have any other uh, suggestions on what to do, feel free to also ping me directly too. Take care. Have a wonderful day.